What's up, guys? My name is Alex McCullum, and I am here with Charles Lee, and we are part of the Health Movement Organization, and today we are going to be talking um, a little bit about our lifestyles and what we enjoy doing, what we are passionate about, um, and what really drives us. So um, I'll just let uh, Charles start it off. Yeah, so we'll go from there. So like, if you don't know us, I do bodybuilding and Alex does triathlons. And so, you know, those are very, very like competitive sports. Um, and I know there's a growing population or growing interest in both categories. Right. So we're just gonna kinda go over like how we first started got or involved in our sports. So for me, uh, I've always worked out from a pretty young age. Uh, I, my story origin is actually pretty like superhero-like because I got bullied in elementary school for my weight. Uh, and I was that fat kid on the playground. And so there's these two kids I remember that actually made fun of me every single day. Um, and like to the point where I actually cried. Mm. And so uh, because I was really, really a hardcore, uh, just, you know, little kid boy, honestly, right, watching right. these shows, mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball Z is actually what inspired me to start lifting hard yeah. and getting out all my rage. So, um, yeah, I know, right? So I started out with just doing 50 push-ups every single day. And then that uh, kind of became the gateway platform for me to get really dwell into just uh, losing a bunch of weight, Mm -hmm. looking good. And then it's kind of um, snowballed from there to where 50 push-ups turned to, you know, 100 push-ups every single night. And then I started running on top of that. Right. And then that's where I found my interest in a therapeutic outlet for uh, just fitness alone. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's kind of, that's a very interesting story because mine started off kind of. So basically, uh, when I came to college, uh, I was introduced to working out um, uh, from some fraternity brothers. And I, I was lifting all throughout, you know, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And and it got to be a point to where I was basically not enjoying just lifting anymore. I, you know, thought to myself, okay, well, why are you lifting? You know, what are you doing with this? Are you doing it, you know, just because you want to look good or, or, or like, what's your main goal behind it? So um, I really wanted to try something new since I basically already, in my opinion, uh, mastered um, diet, mastered physique and stuff like that. So I really wanted to challenge. So this time last year, I actually started running. Um, I started it because I had no clue how people could even actually enjoy such a thing. Like it, it didn't make sense to me at all. So the first steps of like how I kind of like got into it is uh, I followed people that actually ran. I followed people that uh, really valued being un- in uncomfortable situations like uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of a guy named David Goggins, but uh, long story short, he's a Navy SEAL. Uh, he really uh, values, you know, doing things that you are not comfortable with. He values oh, suffering. Wait, was he labeled the toughest man? Yeah, toughest yeah. toughest man on yeah. earth. So that's kind of like what got me into it. Him, Joe Rogan, Nick Bear. Uh, Joe Rogan does a lot of podcasts. He also uh, hunts with another guy named Cameron Haynes. And they basically just provide a, a very good outlet to people. Um, basically just encouraging them to, hey, you know what, like, you can step out of your comfort zone if that's what you want to do, you know? Uh, So I value that. So I started to run and running, you know, a a month went by and I was thought to myself, you know, Alex, what are you training for? So I did a 5k and then after the 5k happened, I did a half marathon in March. 
uh, that went well. And I really just embraced this mindset of, you know, endurance is, is my outlet, you know, just like you said, uh, it seems like when you're doing it, you forget about everything else that's going on in your life. You know, it seems like when you're doing these activities, that's when, you know, your life kind of, um, becomes perfect, you know, kind of like surreal, you know what I mean? Like nothing else is really, uh, in the picture when you're doing these things other than what you're currently doing. So, um, basically that's how I started. And right now, um, I wouldn't really consider myself a triathlete, uh, but I am doing all three sports right now, swim, bike, and run. Um, which actually transitions us into our next question, which is what are we currently doing? Um, Charles, I'll let you go ahead and take that away. Yeah, so to kind of like elaborate more, uh, I didn't really finish my origin. So how I got more introduced to bodybuilding was I kind of, so in high school, played a bunch of sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did football, track, uh, specifically pole vaulting. It was actually really really interesting. Yeah, Yeah. it was fun. Yeah, Uh, with the long pole, right? Yeah. But my main, yeah, my main two sports, however, were uh, wrestling, Mm -hmm. and I did that year-round, did a bunch of uh, off-season tournaments, Mm -hmm. and then competitive cheerleading for a year and a half. Okay. So I did that, like, yeah, my last two years. And then uh, from there, uh, because I was so burnt out of- Just sports. Yeah, just sport, well, mainly wrestling, because that was a year-round thing. Uh, I s- promised myself I was never gonna work out for ever again after high school. <laughs> right. And then so that like went on for a year, and uh, then I let myself go to the point where I was completely out of shape. And then I gave myself a 90 day challenge to come back to the swing of things. Right. And I just not skipped a beat. Didn't miss a meal, like just one cheat day, like one meal a week mm-hmm. uh, for 90 days. And I completely like did a whole body transformation. Yeah, that's important. That's important. Uh, and then from there, it snowballed. And then uh, one of my friends uh, that was just an acquaintance at the time, Jack, uh, he actually pulled me in at the gym and was just like, "Hey, like I'm actually doing a bodybuilding show mm-hmm. like seven weeks out, and this yeah. is like three years ago." Right. Uh, and then he was just like, "I was like, oh yeah, how how far how far away is it?" And he's like. Yeah, you know, just a little over two months, and I'm like, dude, that's no time to prep at all. <laughs> like, right. if anything, for bodybuilding sports, uh, or the sport of bodybuilding, uh-huh. uh, 12 weeks is it's like, like the, the, the minimum time Yeah, yeah. that you're like, allow yeah. yourself to prep for a show. Right. But I pretty much half that, and just went ahead and did it, mm-hmm. and it was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life, because... You know, just to work out, to work out is great, but having these like deadlines, right, having these right, goals, right. like having something more mm-hmm. intentional, right. uh, will actually elevate your physique yeah, and your whole performance, yeah, and, yeah, and your and your of performance course. like to a whole another level. Course. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, really, uh, you know, dialing in on exactly what he said. Um, when you have these deadlines and you have these these goals that you want to meet, you know, you really tailor your whole entire lifestyle around accomplishing these goals, uh, which brings us to basically what I'm currently doing. Uh, so right now, uh, I am training for a half Ironman. Uh, and for those who do not know what that is, it is a triathlon, which is all three sports. Uh, it's a swim, it's a bike, and it's a run. So the swim is 1.2 miles. Um, and after the swim, you do a 56-mile bike ride. And then after the bike ride, 
you do a 13.1 mile run. So I've been training for this since June. Um, it's kind of crazy how um, this story kind of played out because after I did my half marathon um, in March, you know, COVID hit and things were just all over the place and, you know, I wasn't really lifting and and I had a foot injury that was allowing me to not be able to run as much as I wanted to. Yeah, to go all out. Yeah, to go all out, to, you know. So I stopped running a whole, as much as I was, and I, and I got a bike. And I think getting the bike was the absolute best decision that I could have ever possibly made because it's really transformed my life into something that I would have never imagined. So I got the bike, I ended up uh, finding a triathlon coach, really running into it. Like, um, I got my bike in Trek, McDonough Trek store, and then I was in Peachtree City Trek store, just, you know, going in and seeing what the store had. And I was actually getting uh, these things called bib shorts. What bib shorts are, you know, when you're sitting on your bike seat for so long, it's very important for you to have pads yeah. in your shorts to where, you know, you because you're in the saddle, let's say like three hours, four yeah. hours. So comfort is really important. So long story short, he told me to go to this place called Podium. It was, you know, a blessing from God that I ran into my coach and we just started working together. So right now uh, I'm training for Ironman. I'm actually racing uh, the distance uh, next Saturday. Uh, I was signed up for, for half Ironman Augusta. Um, and it's cost 70.3 because I'm, I'm, I will be completing 70.3 miles. Um, but yeah, so Augusta got canceled and me and my friend, uh, Kamani, you know, we just basically decided that we would just do it on our own just to complete the distance, uh, really to just give ourselves something to look forward to. Um, so basically that's what I'm currently doing, uh, next week, um, or this weekend, actually, uh, Sunday, I'm going up to Dahlonega and I'm actually riding uh, this ride called Three Gap. And it's called Three Gap because you you climb up, uh, you climb up basically three mountains and, and the valleys in between are called the gaps. And it's about 7,000 feet of total ed- elevation climb. So I think it's gonna be, you know, fairly hard, but at the same time, this isn't necessarily a race. It's more like, you do it for the experience and you go in it kind of riding your own ride. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. What are you doing, Charles? Yeah, I'm actually uh, two days out from my bodybuilding competition. Yeah, huge. So it's a national pre-qualifier, it's NPC. Uh, so NPC, uh, for, you, for those that don't know, is the preliminary to IFBB. So it's that mainstream that you see all the time, like for Olympia, blah, blah, like that's all IFBB. Are there requirements for the, the contest that the competition that you're doing this this weekend there's no requirements it's like an open sign up so anyone's eligible right uh like they don't even, so they don't even drug test so those are actual like natural federations mm-hmm. but npc and ibb like they don't test for those and right. so anything's free game at that point mm-hmm. uh and so how that works is you're divided into high categories and so to make it the most fair like I will be competing against, you know, physiques that will potentially be at the most like maxed out to where like we're all at like starting even, you know, because you can't put on that much muscle per height. 
like it's just very very difficult because each like so each body so explain that a little more you yeah so uh so the reason why people take steroids and steroids is anything added testosterone right it's to surpass your max frame and so for in the to get of, bigger than your body is is it, naturally yeah. capable of, exactly capable of doing yeah exactly okay and so uh, with, yeah, so testosterone, add testosterone, it makes you exceed those. And so that's how you see those freakishly large giants. Right. And like mainstream bodybuilding. Right. That just don't um, look real at all. Exactly. Yeah. But then again, you know, like I've seen people that take steroids that uh, look worse than people that are natural. Right. And vice versa. And so, vice versa. Yeah. Some people take them and you're just like, man, like that guy doesn't exactly. look like he takes steroids, you know? Yeah. So how do you, how do you know if someone takes steroids or not? Is there like you, a... You kind of don't. You, so... That's so interesting about bodybuilding is because everyone, it all depends on their just entire body composition mm-hmm. and musculature, right? right? So like, uh, for instance, like being more vascular, uh, visualizes, like entertains and associates more leanness, right. right? And so someone who's at like 4% body fat could be less vascular and then someone who's at 8% body fat, but who's insanely vascular. And then you, we would all unanimously you know, say, hey, that guy who's more vascular, probably is at like 3% and that guy's at 4%, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to go case by case. And it's also those scans and body fat percentages um, when you do all those measurements, it's also taking into account how much visceral fat you have, the fat retinal organs. So all that kind of comes into play. Right. Um, and where you can get those scans is uh, at your local gym. Most gyms now have like really, really accurate, like yeah. in, these things called in-body scans. Yeah, in-body and scans. so it scans your electrodes and well, it sends electro, electrum, uh, electric impulses mm-hmm. and then through electrodes, uh, pads. And so you just have to do it fasted and then therefore you'll have the most accurate result. And it's only like a 2% variance. So it's pretty okay. accurate. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's like ever off. Yeah. If it's ever off. Then you um, know. But however, like, yeah, this, this show Daytona, uh, it's called the full name is Daytona Beach Classic. Uh, it's it's one of the biggest shows, and the reason why I like to go to Florida is because it's more political in Georgia, uh, because it's so much more new, and so there's bodybuilding is very new in Georgia, relative to like other states, like like, Florida, te- like Texas, Texas, Florida, California, Florida. yeah, those like are those the states are, that are known, for yeah, it. those are the OG like you yeah. know like everyone goes to those uh, states to compete on a national level, right? And actually, uh, nationals is always held in. Nationals is always held in Columbus, Ohio. So from there, uh, if you do really, really well at Daytona, uh, you, yeah, I think it's top three, then you get invited to Nationals. And okay. so then you have the opportunity. If you do really, really well, that's where you get handed your IFBB Pro card. Okay. And once you turn pro, yep. what's the... Yeah, so you have, I believe, two or three years to compete. I think it's two years now where you have to compete within your first pro show or then your pro card is like disqualified. Okay, so you have two years to prep in order for your first pro show. And if you don't, then your pro card is taken from you. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't, I have to look over at the uh, the regulations now, but uh, it's it's pretty much like that. And if you don't do well at Columbus um, and at nationals, then you pretty much have to re-qualify each time. So you kind of have to go through this preliminary, uh, which is Daytona Beach Classic, and like a, 
you have several in Florida, uh, just because of how big the sport is. Okay, and how how big is a competition right now, um, especially since COVID? Yeah, so with my team, they're actually really, really well connected with the the producer of the show, and uh, we were supposed to actually get discounts, but because he's gonna make you know so much less money, and that's through the audience athlete wise it hasn't really been affected but it's still a really really big show mm-hmm. uh just that this show alone i think it's about 350 plus mm-hmm. um and in one category which is women's physique is a, or sorry a woman's bikini is always the biggest with always 150 plus girls just in one category mm-hmm. so this is a really really big show and for the audience uh we're actually moving to a bigger auditorium um to fit in social yeah, distancing. To fit in social them. distancing, yeah. But it's uh it's been a journey. So right now, currently, uh, I am on a thirteen hundred dollar or sorry, thirteen hundred calorie deficit. Oh my goodness. Which is almost nothing. That's like So tell them tell them uh tell our listeners what a caloric deficit uh is. Yeah. I'm not so sure if they just, know what that is. You know, calorie, you, we all know what calories are and a deficit just means less of. Uh, just because your your body is always gonna be burning at a you know basal mon- metabolic rate or uh, your BMR, and that's just the calories that you need just to survive. And then, however, we just don't sit and filter feed. You know, we we go up and do things. Mm-hmm. So then we have to have those excess calories, and obviously, like so, like cardio is where you know you input output how much energy you're taking, and that's why you know like. Apple Watches and Fit Watches or Fitbits have been so popular is because everyone wants to count their steps now mm-hmm. uh, and their calories and but the calories makes, that they burn. And yeah, stuff but like what that. makes bodybuilding so interesting and uh, weightlifting and hardcore resistance training is because it expedites that process. Right. Because uh, someone with two completely different or two different people with two completely different muscular structures, mm-hmm. uh, one with more is just going to burn more calories sitting there doing nothing. Versus the other guy sitting there doing that. Yeah, of course, of course. I think that's something that's also very important to realize, you know. Um, I'm not sure who's gonna, who's all going to be listening to this podcast, but, you know, it's super important to know that, you know, you and your friend are going to have two different physique types. Y'all, y- y'all's bodies, the way that it works, the way that you burn calories is going to be completely different than the next person. So it's like what works for that person or what works for you, Charles, might not work for me. Exactly. You know, especially since our our um, our activities are so different. You know, yeah. I'm more endurance side and you're more you're more bodybuilding side, yeah. you know. Um, well that that kind of goes goes back to uh, three different like stereotypical and general uh, like body like types. So you have your ectomorphs, mm-hmm. mesomorphs, and endomorphs. So right. ecto is those guys that are like have always been super skinny. Yeah, can eat thousands of calories. Thousands of calories, but not not gaining. Yeah, weight. but those are like the those are basically like the runners, the cross country runners. Yeah, right. People, but, like that. but that's also you have to also be fair and say, are they you know burning all those calories because of those long distance runnings, mm-hmm. uh, or is that just their natural body type too? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a little bit of both. Yeah, I think for, for that. Get I, th- I think hardcore kind of like cross country diehards are natural born like ectomorphs mm-hmm. uh, because it gives them the advantage to l- l- run the long distances. Yeah, right, right. Um, and then you have your mesomorphs like me, mm-hmm. where an adequate nutrition and 
uh, weightlifting or physical training regimen is a direct reflection of your body, mm-hmm. right? So the more you train and the healthier you eat, the better your body's gonna look, the crappier you eat, and the less you train, you know, you're gonna get fat. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how it is. Like, and then, for me, but... yeah, and then there's the uh, like endomorphs who can just look at food and gain weight. Yeah. Uh, and that's, for example, prime example is The Rock. Took mm-hmm. him years on years on years with like, so much training and so much like supplementation to even get abs and so those are the just you know just natural born big boys uh or big girls that you know it's actually more more difficult for them to lose the fat right difficult to lose the weight right so i guess we we can talk a little bit about how we actually train in school and how um i guess we manage our time what our what our day day day-to-day training kind of looks like so so right now, uh, on average, um, I train anywhere between eight to 10 hours a week and I'm kind of tapering down uh, now considering that I'm doing this, uh, this bike ride this Sunday um, and the half Ironman distance um, next Saturday. So on average, so let's say um, Monday are usually off days. If I do train on Mondays, it's gonna be a swim because uh, swimming is the easiest on your body and it's a good form of active recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, on Tuesdays, I have a bike inside uh, on a bicycle trainer. So what a trainer is, guys, for those who don't know, is it is a stationary um, device that you, that you hook up to your bike, right? And um, I actually have a Bluetooth trainer and what this trainer does is it allows me to see my, my speed uh, my cadence, which is how fast uh, my pedals are turning, or how many how many turns or revolutions I'm doing uh, every minute, it allows me to see all these different variables. And my coach programs into this app called Training Peaks the workouts that I do on a day to day basis. So on Tuesdays I bike and then I run. I do a run varying from let's say 1.5 miles to five miles um, after I get off the bike. Uh, On Wednesdays, I swim. Um, On Thursdays, I have my long run. So tomorrow I have 10 miles uh, in preparation for uh, half Ironman um, next Saturday. It's super important for me to run now because, you know, recently my runs just haven't really been that well. Um, I haven't ran 13 miles, which is the distance I'm going to run next Saturday since I did my um, last half marathon in March. So it's been quite a while. Um, But yeah, so Fridays I'm usually off. Saturdays I bike and I actually go home um, and I bike with this this group called uh, Southern Crescent uh, Cycling Group. Um, It's about, you know, 19 to 20 of us. We go out Saturday rides and we do rides varying between no shorter than 50 miles and, and, and no more on average than 80 miles uh, on Saturday. Sundays, I go and I ride with my coach and Monday, the whole process starts over again. So basically, how do I train in school? How do, how do I manage my time? Um, luckily, my schedule in school has been very flexible this semester. Um, you know, I guess it's been a blessing and a curse that we haven't, you know, had all of our classes on campus because I know that it might would have made my training along with your training a little harder. Um, but I guess 
What were you gonna say? Oh, especially finding a parking spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially finding a parking spot and doing all this other stuff. And but I think the how we train in school is, you know, because we love it. You know, uh, I think that people prioritize the things that they love regardless of of, of anything else that's going on in their life. Um, but I guess to answer this question, um, I really just manage my time as you know as well as I can. I I, I wake up early. Uh, I try to go to bed on. On a at a decent time, um, yeah. I make sure that basically I get all my workouts done or typically done before I go uh, to class, especially on Tuesdays. I make sure to get my bike and run done uh, before my class or before you know we meet for the health movement organization at eleven. So that's why I come in sweaty, <laughs> listening. It's because I just got off the bike, but um, yeah. So. Pool hours are super flexible because it, I mean, not really super flexible, but it's easy for me to get to the pool because it opens at um, 4 p.m. So I'm usually done with classes at 4. So that's kind of how I train in school. What about you? Honestly, I just make non-negotiables. Yeah, same, same. Super bored. Like every single day, I just have to go to the gym. Yeah, you have to. Uh, Especially on prep, uh, especially being two days out now. Mm -hmm. It's these are like crunch times Mm -hmm. and these are non-negotiable. I mean, from week 12, it was non-negotiable. Right. Uh, So just really just every single day, just not making a compromise on yourself Mm -hmm. because you're going to have that, uh, I like to call it the, uh, the voice of average. Yeah. Yeah. The voice of like, average, yeah. I don't feel like yeah. it today. I'm really, really sore. I don't want to go do this fast cardio. I don't want to eat this meal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just do it. Mm-hmm. You just do the hard things. That's the difference between unsuccessful people and successful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, both unsuccessful and successful people don't want to do the same thing. Yeah. They don't want to do But it. successful people just do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just where you just got to make the difference and make it happen. Super. Uh, and just go above and beyond, uh, your, what your body's screaming at you to mm-hmm. tell you to stop, yeah. but you just keep going. Yeah, you just keep going. And, you, watch, and, watch, and watch what happens. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. where the magic happens. That's super important, like really what he said. And that's exactly how I felt when I started running, you know. Running is that thing to where it is absolutely terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, like there's nothing you can do to fight that feeling that's that voice inside of your head, the voice of average saying, okay, it's time to stop. Okay, let's get off of this and let's do something that's easy. Yeah. You know, but good but great progress and great success in 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 a good mental state and you feeling just good about yourself, your family, your peers, you 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 uh holding yourself accountable. Those those qualities don't happen unless you you stick to the plan. Like Absolutely. you you have to stick to the plan. If you don't do then you won't you won't unlock your full potential. Oh yeah, I mean it's easy for my sport because everyone knows who conditioned and who didn't. Mm-hmm. Like you look, you go up on stage and you can't hide. Yeah, you, know, you, you can't. can't hide. You can't make shortcuts. Everyone thinks peak week is this magical week where it makes it or break it. But and like peak week is peak week is the week following your contest date. So it is where you manipulate water. I'm, I'm right now I'm drinking up to two and a half gallons of water. And why are you drinking that? Because your body, so when you do that, it is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more water you drink, the more water you're gonna pass. Mm-hmm. And so when you get this lean, uh, your muscles are pretty much made up of 70% water and the other is manipulated by like glycerol, sugar, mm-hmm. carbs, you know? And so uh, we do a carb load, meaning that we 
uh, load up on water and then we wait till the very last minute to load up on carbs and what that does is makes the area between your skin and your muscle is where your water resides when you do hold water and retain water uh, and that's when you drink a lot of like eat a lot of salt don't drink enough water mm-hmm. you're just gonna look bloated that's where the water stays and because you overload on water you're minimizing that bloatedness the blood like yeah the bloating potential where the water gets stagnant between your skin and your muscle mm-hmm. so that you have this crisp dry look and that's what it means to look dry versus someone who is like a little soft and marshmallowy yeah like on stage okay but that's how you get the bodybuilders mm-hmm. who are like super grainy and granular and right. you can see like each muscle striation okay and and that's what like a lot of the judges want to see is okay. because like that's hard conditioning yeah yeah and like that is you're putting you're pushing your body to like its limit yeah on how much like shred you can actually attain it's harder to get you know it's not something that you can just do it overnight or you just can magically snap your hands or take this supplement you know it only get you can only get that physique i'm assuming right but by putting in the work for it yeah so where the magic happens is you know like from week 14 or off season all the way up until Mm -hmm. like week three and then everything after that is pretty much just polishing on what you already have right yeah because you don't once it becomes a lifestyle you just don't lose yeah lose it like that, well right? yeah and then like what what you're really work hard working hard work goes to is the development of your actual muscular like musculature mm-hmm. and that happens over weeks of weeks of weeks of training not days of manipulation yeah right know? right so why do you so i guess we can talk about why we enjoy it um to make a long story short, um, I enjoy it really because, well, for one, it's become a lifestyle, and for two, it's brought so much joy to my life. Um, I've met so many uh, friendly people. I've met so many encouraging people and people that I really admire to be like. Um, and, you know, travel on training and endurance sports, and the reason why I enjoy it so much is simply because um, of the feeling I get while I'm doing it. Uh, I know that it's 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 not easy. Uh, I know that there's days to where I wake up and I don't want to train, or there's days to where you know I might be feeling um, you know a pain in my left foot or a pain in my back and other things like that. But I know how much joy uh, it has brought to my life. Not even you know externally, but you know mentally also. You know I've never been this confident in my life. I've never uh, been this happy. Um, so I give praise to it. I give praise to, you know, not only that I'm able to do this, but that God allowed me to do it, you know. So I think that it's just really important. So um, that's really why I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, so why do you enjoy uh, bodybuilding? Uh, in the moment, at the moment, I absolutely hate it. Right. Uh, like the whole process, it, it, it takes a toll and mm-hmm. it does suck. And it's like one of the worst weeks of your entire life because, you know, who, who wants to give up eating the food that they love? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who wants to give out on like the certain lifestyle where you can be carefree and, and abstain from alcohol and abstain from anything that doesn't fit into your macro plan, mm-hmm. right? It's a hard lifestyle. But at the end of the day, like doing anything of that intense, of that intensity, uh, is super rewarding because you just achieve something that it most is. people could never do. Yeah, will never do. Will never do. You know, and especially, and that's reflective of the body that you obtained. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sport of bodybuilding is just an art form itself because 
you know, you're pretty much visualizing what the perfect physique looks like. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you, every day at the gym, you're chipping away to what, or chipping on, uh, and putting on the size, and putting areas of mass and, 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 and effort into this body part, because that's where your, like, weaknesses lie. And right. it's just like, a, just a perfect metaphor mm-hmm. of just hard work, and just slow progress and uh, slow just, progress and, and, yeah and straying away yeah. from that instant, gratif- uh, instant gratification mindset yeah. of that like right. this isn't just like yeah. a microwave sport yeah. you know yeah it's not it, yeah. and that's how we can relate you know like none of it is easy um, sometimes especially running it's not fun and, and you know swimming was the hardest part for me uh, the actually the the, the most uncomfortable part for me of the whole triathlon training because I wasn't a swimmer, um, you know. can relate. Yeah, African-American people, you know, we're negative buoyant, which means that we, <laughs> we don't float. Yeah, uh, same here. <laughs> yeah, so our, our bone density is very heavy uh, and it just naturally comes harder um, to us. So uh, I had no clue how I was gonna be able to swim a mile in, um, in 16 weeks, I had no clue. Uh, my coach was very scared. I was scared, uh, but I believed in myself. She believed in me. I believed in myself, and I I began uh, not listening to the can'ts or the oh well what if or or oh well um, are you gonna have to cancel your race? I didn't listen to those voices. I just went and I showed up. I think yeah. the most important part in being successful and uh, why we love it and how it has helped us with with life is that. It's not easy, you know? And I know, I think a lot of things in life are not gonna be easy. And I think that we're gonna have to deal with ad- ad- adversity. And I think we're gonna have to, to deal with being mistreated. And I think we're gonna have to deal with, with us failing and, and things not becoming uh, instant, just like you said, instant gratification. And I think that it's made me mentally stronger. You know, I think um, mental fortitude. Yeah, sure. I, I think I think it's just it's so important. I think it has made me more disciplined. I'm pretty sure that you could agree, right? Since oh, yeah. you started this thing, it's you've been more disciplined. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I do a show, like other areas of my life get drastically better. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of how. That's just a few reasons of of how it's helped me. What What are some other things that you would say? Because um, I'm pretty sure I could agree too with oh, things that you're gonna say. How how bodybuilding has has helped you with with life? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, I as a kid had de- for sure anger anger management issues, mm-hmm. and even still now, like where I just have pent up rage, where it's just built up from just uh, a previous instances of experiences, mm-hmm. and to where it's just like non filtered. I just. When I react, it's because I held it in from the previous events. Right. And, you know, and then like bodybuilding has become that outlet to where I can just take it all out and put it in a positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to where it just only makes me better. Right. And uh, yeah. And that's awesome, dude. It, it And it's such a good thing. It's such a good thing to really find something that you're passionate about, that you can work towards, that isn't going to come easy, you know? That's gonna be hard, you know. Yeah. Um, so I guess some tips that I could give people to that are inspiring or that aspire to run, um, swim, bike, or run. You know, um, I really just challenge those people that want to do it to start researching and looking up people on YouTube that do what you want to do. 
I think that is super important. Um, I think that the 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 hardest kind of the hardest step of the whole process is really just starting and putting yourself out there uh, to being uncomfortable. Because, like I said, uh, any type of endurance sport, you know, if you're especially if you're starting from ground zero, running is not fun. Um, especially when once you start, I think it on average it takes a person probably who 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 doesn't run at all who hates it. I think it takes a person two two to three and a half months to actually start to enjoy running. Um, and you know, if somebody wants to start biking or if they want to start swimming, like like I said, you know, uh, feel free to reach out to me. You know, I'll um, put my contact info in wherever this podcast is going and I'll give you any uh, types of of tips or advice that I may have uh, and we can go from there. But the main tip is just to to be okay with being uncomfortable, be okay with being the new guy, be okay with asking questions and showing people uh, that, you know, you are new to it. Um, people that swim, people that bike, and people that run are some of the nicest people that I've ever met in my entire life. And we all want to help people, um, you know, with things that we wish that we could have gotten help with when we started. So I think that it's all one big community. Um, I, I think working out can be that way too. Uh, lifting weights, bodybuilding, you know, what do you think? Oh, for sure. 100%. Uh... Yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, I would recommend first getting a coach that, and not only just a coach, but a coach that fits you mm-hmm. and yeah. a coach that has your best interest. I would, add, I would add that too if, if you're trying to do triathlon specifically, but if you're just trying to run or whatever and you're trying to be more active, I don't think you need a coach, but depending on how serious you want to get. Yeah. Because uh, I know like coaches in bodybuilding that only care about the result. They don't care how it's achieved. Mm-hmm. And that kind of you know, combats someone's interest of how to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't resonate with you, then you're, it's going to turn you off from bodybuilding. Yeah. And I would, you know, go against that because there are coaches that have your best interests at heart. For mine, like I'm, you know, not, I'm, I'm against, you know, added testosterone, steroids, uh, and anything hormonal manipulative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, he would never recommend me something that I wouldn't be comfortable with. Uh, another huge thing about bodybuilding is kind of counterintuitive is the fact that when you go up on stage, yes, you are competing in the body or the sport itself is competing against other people. However, the real sport and the real accomplishment of feeling is you versing and competing against the ghost of your previous self, right? Always be better than your previous self because oh. that's what the sport of bodybuilding is truly mm-hmm. about is to be on a journey that you're everlasting improving mm-hmm. upon. Uh, from your previous physique, from your previous year. Uh, and that's what's so great is because uh, you really get to compete against what you thought you could only cap- are capable of, but then you always prove yourself wrong. Right. You know, and that's what I love. Yeah. It's like, yes, you are competing against the person to your left and your right, but that's just only added motivation and inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, that shouldn't be the, yeah. the thing that gives you va- uh, value. Right. right. Um, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't it doesn't need to validate you either Mm -hmm. uh if you do really really well great continue on that drive and that passion and that uh fire 
But if you don't, come back hungry. Yeah, don't you know? let it stop you. Don't let it yeah. stop you at all. If you if you go into a race and and you don't do well, or if 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 you if you get you know the flu one week before the race, you know, you know, because that happened to me. You know, I had the yeah. flu and I didn't really. I knew I was going to race regardless. Like I knew that's what was, that's what was going to happen. I ended up getting better. I didn't yeah. train that whole week. I actually got uh, the flu on my last competition yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So. And, 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 and what did you do? Yeah, I, I honestly, that was my worst competition. A lot, of, But you did it, right? I still did it, right. but it was probably one of my worst experiences uh, for competing and or just in all of bodybuilding. And we're not saying by any means, you know, if you're sick and you're contagious, you know, stay home. Yeah. But, um, but those were other life yeah. uh, and like extenuating circumstances yeah. uh, where I got involved with this really toxic girl. Mm-hmm. But that's life. Yeah. And, you know... Like your body's so stress sensitive, right? Right, and then with with aesthetics being involved mm-hmm. in bodybuilding, like you really want to manage your stress as well, and that's yeah. a huge thing, right? So yeah, guys. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did. I'm glad that I got to learn a little bit more about uh, Charles's journey and what it is like uh, bodybuilding and what it is like being in that caloric deficit and really what it's like about. Uh, being uncomfortable, you know, I think that's a really big uh, theme that we kind of honed in on that, you know, we're not always going to enjoy the things that we do that are going to end up making us better, you know. Um, So yeah, this is uh, the Health Movement Organization. My name is Alex McCollum. I hope you guys are inspired uh, in in some sort of way to swim, bike or run. And do you have anything else to say to the to the audience? Stay beautiful. All right. Yep. Stay hard.